This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Halos. This is Jared Timms alongside Brett McGuire, who, I don't know, maybe I'll, I guess I'll call him uh, our co-host for the time being. For We got, I guess, kind of a different series I have going here. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, I guess, more science-based, analytical-based, in a sense. Definitely more picture-based, because that's what I love, and I, you know, I, I, I see a lot of it. But how are you doing, Brent? Yep, hanging in there. It's, uh, we're in... A very weird timeline in in our lives, but uh, trying to hang in there, trying to talk some baseball, and kind of have some sort of a sense of normalcy. Definitely, yeah. You know, that's that's I think the whole point of this. And I, you know, I I know I haven't been on too many episodes lately, and I apologize for that. But you know, I think that that's kind of what you know everybody's looking for is just some normalcy. And I know this topic that we're getting into isn't normal by any means, but it's hopefully going to be fun, and I hope everybody kind of enjoys it. But first, before we really get into this and dig deep into it, and I, I again, I hope that this isn't going to last too long, but you know, you could be at the end of this podcast and be like, wow, that was 45, 60 minutes that I wasn't expecting. And I'm hoping that it doesn't get that long. But before we do that, and I, I know Derek does this all the time, we are still a fairly new podcast here at um, Talking Halos, and we would love you know, a five-star review if we deserve it. Only if we deserve it. I know Derek can't hands that down. You can find us on iTunes. That's where you'll give us a five-star review if you like it. We love the feedback though. Feedback, it thrives. I'd love to give get feedback on this podcast. Please send it into talkinghalos at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this topic that we're going to go into. I'm, I hope that you guys like it because I'm going to try to try my best to hopefully get some players on, maybe try to get some coaches on. I, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go, to be honest. It's it's something, like I said, it's near near and dear to my heart. I've been working on it for about eight months now. Brent's just kind of been getting into it a little bit, but I know he is super into it. And then you got guys on social media like Michael Augustine, uh, Pitching Ninja. I mean, everybody's kind of getting into this now, this whole pitching thing. Uh, I, I don't know if what we what do we call it? Pitch design, in a sense? I don't, I don't really know if I have a real title for this. It's, it's just kind of 
pitching, like the new style of pitching. You know, it's 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 kind of what everybody's getting into. Trevor Bauer, you know, talks about it a lot. Brent, do you have an idea? Like, you have, what, what would this be called? I mean, I don't know if one word does does a good enough job of describing like what we're going to talk about. But I think overall, we're looking just at a deeper analysis of what pitching is about. So we're looking at pitch design, like you mentioned, we're going to talk about pitch tunneling and sequencing and rips and that kind of stuff. Uh, even like biomechanics, like that's something that I've started to look into and I'm sure you've kind of done that. You know, like driveline baseball does a fantastic job of kind of talking about it and breaking it down. So I don't know if I necessarily have the best word for it, but it's a really unique time to be analyzing pitching because we have so much available information and technology, advanced stats. I mean, it's a really cool time. Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this and you know a young pitcher, because I'm, I'm working on this type of stuff with, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. I work on it with my, my brother who's 14 years old. I mean, if you have a, any pitchers that, you know, think this might be interesting or that think that they could incorporate this into what they do now, share this share share this podcast let them listen to it I, i'm hoping to get this whole series going i'm hoping that like i said i can get maybe a couple players on minor leaguers um some coaches maybe i i, I don't i don't know where this is, this is really going to go i'm i'm I, I think at first what i'm really wanting to do is kind of dig deep into the angels pitching staff i know i've done a lot of research on andrew heaney hint hint i think that'll be our next podcast just an andrew heaney straight podcast about oh, what makes him so special? Because I know I've sent stuff to Brent and I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal anything yet, but I sent stuff to Brent and it's different. It's weird. I, I, I it's hard to un- explain what Andrew Heaney does um, when you break down everything that he does. It's just, it's, it's a funny thing, but I think kind of the first thing that I really want to get into, and I've harped on this before multiple times is, is spin rate. And it's, it's just kind of the, the tip of the iceberg, but it's where it starts. I, right i think that's kind of where it starts brent right i mean spin rate that's what everybody knows everybody thinks about spin rate spin the ball high yeah so i mean the concept of spin rate is obviously it's newer and that we can quantify it but it's always been you know a thing that has been talked about in baseball and i think you know amongst angels fans i think there's a little um resistance to it just because billy epler has targeted a lot of pitchers with high spin rates and not a lot of them have had success but you are seeing a league-wide trend of teams trying to acquire not just pitchers with high velocities, but high spin rates, because the numbers show that higher spin rates are good. I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward concept, and I'm sure we'll get into this more about backspin and topspin and stuff, but basically, fastballs with a lot of spin have this perception that they're rising, because their gravity is pulling them down at a slower rate. You know, kind of the inverse for curveballs. If you're throwing a higher spin curveball, it's going to be spinning downwards more. So, if you're thinking about it from the perspective of being a hitter and a ball's not, if a fastball is coming rising up in the zone and then a curveball is coming down, it, it's harder to hit. So, that's why so many teams are targeting this now and trying to find different ways to get pitchers to spin the ball. I know I kind of rambled a little bit there, but Jared, can you uh, elaborate a little further on that? No, no. I mean, spin is spin is the. I mean, it, it's scientific um, in the easiest way that science science can you know get. Um, gravity is always going to pull a ball down, and that's the kind of super interesting thing about this. I mean, gravity is always going to pull a ball down, no matter how straight it looks. You're going to get movement on the ball down, and I, I know I've been I've tweeted about it a lot, and 
vertical break. That's what this means. This is kind of where we can, in a sense, expand on spin and spin rate and all that stuff. So obviously, if you have a higher spin, your ball is going to fly straighter, truer. It's, it's, it's not going to be affected by gravity. as much. If you take spin away from it, that's when you're going to get guys with a lower spin rate who are going to throw a sinker or in a sense, it's going to have more depth in a pitch. That's why when we get to a changeup, and that's that'll that'll be soon. When you get to a changeup, you want to kill spin because that's going to create more depth on your ball. It's, it's a simple concept to understand, but everything it's a giant puzzle. You have to you have to fit everything together in a puzzle. Um, and, and like I said, it's just it, the spin is just the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's it's crazy. I mean, you get a guy like you know Luke Bard who's spinning the ball. I, I well, he's at twenty seven hundred twenty probably more than that, right? Twenty twenty eight hundred, I think, on his RPMs. Oh yeah, he's way up. There. Yeah, he, he's. I think he has the highest spin rate on a, on a fastball. But you get a guy like Luke Bard, and he, he has a high spin rate, and we haven't seen the success for him yet. And I, I think that there have been some articles out there that say, you know, hey, he was due. He's due for a big year this year, and I think that when we get baseball back, it, 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 he's going to be in the bullpen for the Angels, and it's going to be super interesting to see what he what he does with this. And now that we're another year into this whole advanced analytical pitching phase with spin rate and all this stuff. I think that it's just another step forward for Luke Bard. That's going to help him continue to get better and better and back onto spin. Yes. I mean, you always want to hire spin guy. I mean, we're, we're going to see that a lot, but I mean, the first thing that I learned about pitch design in a sense was you always want somebody different. So you don't always want a guy, you don't want to just fill up your, bullpen full of guys or you don't want to fill up your whole staff with guys with high spin rates because then hitters are gonna you know become more accustomed to that and you know you have nothing different so you want you're gonna definitely want to you know vary that in a sense and you know get some guys with lower spin rates who can sink the ball um you know it's it's just kind of one of those things i mean i I, it's you want abnormalities with a pitcher you don't want a guy who's always throwing at a three-quarter arm slot and you don't want team full of those guys who throw 93 to 95 with a high spin rate who throw a slider because then that becomes the norm that's exactly what everybody's looking for that's what pitchers see the most so if you can get guys like luke bard who have a high spin rate and are gonna you know have a lower vertical break on your ball that's a great thing to have you know um the next thing that i kind of want to get into and I, i hope i covered spin enough because that like i said that's just the tip of the iceberg is spin efficiency um Spin efficiency is the amount of spin, true spin that helps your ball out. So if you have 100% spin efficiency on a ball, that means your ball is flying on a perfect axis, making it look like it's flying straighter. And that, I mean, that's just kind of the, you know, it, we're on from spin rate to spin efficiency. I, I mean, it, 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 this is just a fastball too, guys. It can go into so many different things. Brent, what do you have on spin efficiency? It's important to look at this if you're looking at like spin efficiency or active spin. You want all those pitches that have the true backspin or topspin, you're looking for that perfect efficiency. That means that basically the way that you're throwing it is leading to, like you said, that perfect axis, and that's just harder to hit. It gets a little more complicated looking at sliders and changeups. I've tried to dive into this a little bit and try to find correlation and patterns for particular pitches that are, you know, good or bad and it's a little more complicated for anything but the fastball and the curveball but i think it's pretty straightforward when you're looking at fastballs and curveballs you're looking for those pitches that have 
not only high velocity and high spin, but that spin efficiency to go with it, because that means you're basically getting the optimal uh, movement for a particular pitch. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I personally like, this is, how I, this is how I teach it. Think about a football and how that spins. That's going to be a zero spin efficiency, 0% spin efficiency, because it's spinning, you know, kind of like a football. It's not on any type of axis, in a sense. That's, that's basically your zero. You know, that's when you start getting wobbly. Um, and that, that's going to be actually, I know that it was almost an impossible pitch to understand, but a gyro ball, in a sense. <laughs> um, if you start throwing a pitch that has 0% spin efficiency, I mean, you just don't, that's, that's going to have gravity affect it the most. But back on to, you know, 100% spin efficiency, that, that's, if you have a high spin rate with 100% spin efficiency, like I would assume somebody like Luke Barty, who has a very low vertical break does, that means your ball is affected less by gravity. And in a sense, looks like it's rising. That's, that's the crazy thing about that. And that, that's kind of what Brent touched on earlier with this. And it's, it's a super interesting concept. And I think this is actually a good time to kind of get into pitch mirroring or spin mirroring. Um, Brent, I know you wanted to talk about this. That was, was like the one thing that you sent. Brent, what's up with spin or spin mirroring? Yeah, so I know Jared mentioned Michael Augustine at the beginning from Fangrass, and if you're not already following him, he does some really cool work utilizing some of the video that he gets from Driveline. But essentially, this concept of mirroring your pitches is it's something that's been talked about for a while, but I think we can kind of quantify it now. And that's basically two pitches will be on the same plane. They'll look like the same pitch, and then they go in opposite directions. So there are different ways you can kind of group pitches together but from what i've seen the best pitches to group together and have like this opposite mirroring is like a fastball and a curveball that makes sense it's a straight downhill curveball the fastball is just staying up and the curveball drops down but then when you have another pitch like a like a sinker and a slider or a change up in a slider those pitches are moving in opposite directions and i wish there was a way that we could kind of show a graphic of this maybe we can link something at the end of this podcast but it's this really cool concept that a pitch looks exactly the same up until the last second, and then they go in totally opposite directions. And it's this really fascinating concept that Michael Augustine and several other people are starting to look at. Jared, I know you're kind of familiar with it. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, you know, you bring up um, you you bring up the mirroring and and how you know how quickly it takes you know for a fastball to get to home plate. And then you think about even like a slider, even if it's like at 85 to 87 miles an hour, a slider, it still takes, I'm going to snap my fingers here that quickly to get to home plate. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to hit and you put two different types of movement. And I mean, it's almost hard to explain, like you were saying, without using pictures, but we're going to try our best here. I think, I mean, you know, you have a hitter up there and they're looking for a fastball and it's on that fastball plane, they see that. And then the next pitch that comes in is on the exact same plane, but it's a curveball, and it looks exactly like a fastball until the last second, until the last millisecond, actually, because like it, it's like a blink of an eye for a fastball or a curveball or anything to get to home plate. Think about how hard that is to hit. And I mean, you can teach that in so many different levels. I mean, if you can get even a, you know, just a kid, you know, a 14, 15, 16 year old kid to work on a fastball that he can paint on the inside corner and then you work on actually i take that back let's work on a fastball on the outside corner and then you take a change up 
and you basically throw it at that same spot but have it work a different direction that's basically i mean you're starting off you're starting your pitch mirroring you know that's 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 a good thing about having good command too you know with this whole thing is if you can throw pitches in a spot that you want like a lot of major leaguers can and i know i'm kind of getting off into like a coaching rant here but i'm, I'm gonna try my best not to but if you can have guys with good command like i think we saw the angels do they didn't have a high you know they didn't walk a lot of guys last year you know good most major leaguers have fairly good command do you have guys that can paint the corners and then make it look like you know they're throwing the fastball but they're actually dropping off a changeup or something like that that's that's even better um and this works so well going back to spin rate with that high fastball like we were talking about and this is what a lot of teams are doing right now with that high fastball and then dropping in those 12-6 curveballs or even i guess maybe not a slider but dropping in those 12-6 curveballs that start on that high plane but just drop right down the middle and it looks like a fastball until the last second and i mean it's it's this is how difficult baseball is i mean it's crazy it's crazy yeah it's just to add on a little more to that it's an interesting time to talk about this because you look at the league-wide trends of more foreseen or fastballs up in the zone and more curveballs and those two pitches work super well together when we're talking about this idea of pitch mirroring because i mean Again, think about it from the hitter's perspective. If you're seeing a fast or what looks like a fastball coming in the upper part of the zone, all of a sudden it drops off. That gives you, that gives a pitcher so much room to work with because he can attack you up in the zone with heat and then below the zone with a curveball. That's why I think it's a big reason why we're seeing so many strikeouts in this day and age. I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen Pitching Ninja's gifts with the, you know, he shows uh, two gifts at once and you'll see the fastball going up, the curveball going down or, you're seeing the changeup go to the right, the slider to the left. I mean, it's it's a really hard time to be a major league hitter. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, it's never been an easy time to be a major league hitter. But when you have science backing stuff up like this, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, it, it's it's in it's a very difficult thing to, I guess, not really difficult to understand. But like once you do understand it, it's super easy, and it's it's something that you know every everybody can do. But that kind of this kind of brings me back to my original point, yes, and that's creating abnormalities. You know, go away from the norm. Um, and I I don't know. You know, all teams are trying to find that high spin rate guy. You know, that's going to blow guys away. And that's that's not the that that you know, if you get a high spin rate guy like Luke Bard, that's not the norm. You know, most guys can't don't see that type of spin on a ball. But if you have, like I said, a, a team full of those. It's not going to work. So that's why, again, it's a fantastic thing to have some, you know, different guys, you know, side armors, you know, it, it, you can't. And, I, and I'm hoping that Major League continues to understand that, you know, owner or not owners, but GMs and everybody continue to understand that because you don't want to just have guys that pump 95 to 98. That's just going to become the norm with a high spin rate. And I mean, guys that are throwing over the top are going to throw a curveball more than likely. I mean, it's it's just. I don't. I I hope that that doesn't become the norm. I don't. I don't know if you understand what I'm getting here, Brent. I I just hope that we. I mean, high fastballs are great to see. High spin rates fun to see. This whole thing is fun to see. But it's also going to be fun to see the norm, which is at this point Luke Bard who has that high spin rate, or you know guys that are abnormal in a sense. I mean, even a guy like I know people are going to hate me when I say this. Trevor Cahill last year didn't have a normal curveball, if I'm not mistaken. He had a very high spin rate curveball which is against the norm i know it didn't work out like the angels wanted to 
But I mean, it's you want to go away from the norm, and that's I think what this whole thing means is, and what I think this whole pitch design spin, you know, all this spin stuff is kind of working towards is going away from the norm, finding guys that aren't the norm. And I wonder if this is ever gonna we're ever gonna see it, but see a guy like below ninety in the major leagues, you know. I know we've had guys like that, like Jared Weaver, but like actually have success below 90 miles an hour that throw like weird stuff, like have crazy amounts of spin on it or something, you know, crazy like that. I don't know. Brent, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, those are all super interesting points. And, you know, I, like I mentioned, I think this is a really interesting time to break down pitching because I think we're in this really unique, unique phase of baseball history where things are starting to become more quantified and we've got all these electronic devices. You've got the rap soda, you've got the Edgertronic, you've got ways where pitchers can really work on their craft. So I think we're going to start seeing different varieties of pitchers, kind of like what you're getting at. Like we're going to still see lots of velocity. I think we're going to continue to see velocity rise maybe a little bit each year, but I do think we're going to start seeing different types of crafty pitchers who are utilizing this technology that we have. So you're going to maybe find guys who, like you said, are throwing upper 80s, low 90s. That's not the norm in Major League Baseball right now. But if they know how to pitch, so they know how to manipulate their stuff, pitch tunnel, sequence, all of that good stuff, I think we might start seeing a newer generation of pitchers. But, you know, I think that might take some time. But just having all of this technology that we have right now, this readily available information feeding through to these pitchers, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of just unique, pitchers coming out in the next 10 years yeah and you you mentioned you know that guy who's kind of against the norm and i know we've been talking about that but it's kind of you know one guy that i think of with this whole thing is i think he was drafted third around by the angels last year garrett garrett stalling you know he's not an overpowering pitcher he's just a pitcher um i i i don't know if i've heard stuff i can't i honestly i can't remember if i've heard stuff saying that you know he has some you know different stuff <laughs> you know but i mean he's still 90 to 93 as a starting pitcher could, could probably be a starting pitcher at the major league level someday but that i mean is kind of an interesting thing when you see a college guy going 90 to 93 getting drafted that early you know i mean there's there's something there i know it had something to do with the money and all that stuff but I, I, again you know we're gonna hopefully start seeing that a lot more is guys that we don't expect to get drafted getting drafted because their stuff is different i, I think that's what this whole thing is going to get brought into i mean yes the high uh, the high velocity on a fastball is great but i really hope we start seeing you know the stuff like noe ramirez in a sense you know i know that he had a great year last year and it, it's i don't know how long something like that lasts I don't know if it's worth the draft pick. I mean, you know, it's 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 tough to, you know, really think about how long something like that'll last. But it's it's definitely interesting to think about, you know, and it's it could be the new trend in baseball. I think actually, like I said, it is the new trend in baseball is finding people that aren't part of the norm, you know, and then they would have to go with hitting as well, you know, in a sense, but it's so much different to do it with pitching. If you have something that no one else has ever seen you're going to go somewhere, you know? And I think that we're hopefully going to start seeing that a lot more. Yeah, it's uh, just one more thing to add on. it. It's going to be a really fun time to keep monitoring pitching. Um, 
just like I mentioned, there's so much information. There's so many ways to evaluate now. And I think we're going to see this even go further. We're going to start seeing, I think, testing done on players before they're ever even drafted. And you're going to start seeing you know, something that I've seen floated around is just like looking at the, the DNA of a particular pitcher. And that can really tell you like, okay, his, his muscles are designed in this way so he can spin a fastball better than he's shown so far. He can spin a curveball. He can throw harder. It's going to be really interesting. And like 10 years from now, when we're having this kind of like a same conversation, I think we're going to be in a totally different spot where pitching is going to be broken down just like on a microscopic level. It's going to be really crazy. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree. And kind of, I, I think I'm just going to kind of take a right hand turn here. And I don't know what I, I, I actually, I take that back. I know what I want to jump into now. And that's going to kind of be baseball savant. And I know Brooks baseball is kind of similar. I know Fangraphs has a very similar thing. But Brent, you'd have to agree with me. Baseball savant for pitching, just kind of far and far better than everybody else, in a sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, baseball savant. It's continued to get better. I know recently they basically added every video possible from like the last three or four years up on their website. And that's been an incredible tool. And they've even added something recently during all this coronavirus stuff. They added a guess the pitch uh, little game you can play. You can basically guess, you know, random pitches from the 2019 season. And they just have stuff like that that is super fun. So if you're semi interested or very interested in pitching, like, you can spend so much time on that website just breaking everything down to the smallest detail. Yeah, no, I I love it. I love it. And the great thing with Baseball Savant, and I, and I think we're going to throw it out there now, and it, it's, it's fantastic. They give you everything that the pitcher does, which is unbelievable. Like you said, videos. And um, they have a spin, they have, in a sense, a spin, um, spin rotation on here for all the pitches it gives you how many pitches he threw what location they were whether it was a strike or a ball you know i mean it's 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 crazy uh i just kind of want to break down some of the stats in baseball savant a little bit too because a lot of people don't under really stand it um starting with vertical movement which is fantastic it's exactly kind of what we already have been talking about with you know a high spin rate if you have a higher spin rate you're probably more than likely gonna have a better or less vertical movement on your fastball. Um, but then again, if you throw your curveball, you're going to want more vertical movement on it. And that's how much your ball is going to be moving with gravity, taken down by gravity. So like like I said before, you can throw a fastball, but it's always going to be affected by gravity in a sense. The more that your fastball is going to be able to take, be able to be taken down with gravity, that's more, more sink you're going to have. You're probably going to have less spin on your ball which not a lot of guys kind of do, you know, if you can, you can kill spin a lot, you know, that's going to be your abnormality with the pitch. Um, or again, like I've said before with Luke Bard, <laughs> if you're going to have a lot of spin on your ball, you know, you're going to have less vertical movement and you're going to have, you know, a straighter fastball that looks like it's going to be rising in a sense. Um, horizontal break, which is again, super easy concept to understand. That's how much your ball is going to be moving left or right which is super interesting to get into when you're looking at like a pitch design type of thing or pitch mirroring. So, I mean, if you're going to be throwing a two seam fastball with 10 inches of break on it or 10 inches of horizontal break on it, you're probably going to be wanting to throw a a slider that moves the complete opposite direction. I mean, so all this stuff kind of congeals and comes back together. Brent, I don't know if you have any 
anything else you want to talk about with baseball savant i mean, i think we we've kind of said it enough i, I we love it I, I love it i think it's so much fun i could spend so much time on baseball savant yeah no it's it's awesome i i'm on there probably every day looking at something getting information even just looking at random video it's it's like a really cool website for for geeks like us it's <laughs> even better because we can break everything down and write about just a variety of different things that you had said it's really cool yeah so i i think actually this is fantastic point to stop i don't want to overdo anything here with this i know that this is a lot of information to take in and you know like we've said you don't have to understand this stuff that's why we're here doing this and i'm hoping to enlighten people in a sense a little bit more about all this and i'm hoping that me and brent can kind of do this two three times a week i know we don't have a lot going on right now so i'm hoping that we can do this a lot a lot more and like i said i think next podcast i'm gonna we're gonna try to break down Andrew Heaney, what he does well and all, you know, everything that we see with him. I think, you know, it was a couple of days to study what we're looking at. I know, like I said, I've studied him for a couple of months and it, it's, it's super interesting. It's different. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's going to be fun, I think. And I hope that please guys, if you're listening, still give us a little feedback on this. I'd love to hear what you guys think, what if you guys want to, you know, hear anything less, hear anything more. I'd, you know, love to hear it. Um, Brent, you have any final thoughts? No, I'm just. I just want to say I'm excited to to talk about this. I've kind of started to dive into writing about these concepts, but to be able to talk it with someone else who's familiar with the the kind of uh, I guess lingo and the what goes into pitching is going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to breaking down different concepts and different pitchers. Yeah, awesome. You know, so thank you for uh, coming on here, Brent, with us. I know you're going to continue to come on with us. I, I got to say it again. Thank you um hopefully i mean if we'll see maybe derek would want to come on and maybe ask questions like he always loves to do i know he'll listen to this and get a chuckle at that but but yeah you know guys thank you for listening to this one we're going to try to keep this super short and you know as best as we can and try to do this two or three times a week until we get through all the angels pitching staff and uh, and hopefully continue to get on maybe get some you know players and coaches on with this i i don't know where this is going to go i'm just you know we're we're taking this day by day and hope hopefully this will be um this will be fun. So thanks guys for listening. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.